Everything's fine. Everything is fine. You forgot the recorder. Fuck you. Why did you have to mention that to the people? You trying to humiliate me? Wait for half an hour for the Uber. Wow. You were shamed. You're shaming me. I was. I wasn't shaming you. you. You I actually wasn't supportive, and now you're shaming. Now that we're on the podcast, you're shaming me. You're mocking me. You're making fun of me. Why? (laughs) You did all your discharging before. It's before it happened. I'm going to discharge. It's entertaining. (laughs) It's entertaining for the audience. That's it, right? Let's humiliate Dave because it's entertaining. You're going to be the one who makes fun now. You're finally getting it. Screaming this whole half hour. It's my turn now. Go ahead, scream, scream away. Fuck you, Dave. Fuck you. Jesus. That's it? That's it? That's it? That's all I get? We'll see. I let Diana beat me with a pillow yesterday. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. She was like, I want to take you down. I'm like, you can't take me down. It's like, no, I want to try. I'm like, good luck. I'm a tree. You're not going to be able to take me down. And she tried. I'm a tree. I'm a tree. I am. I mean, I have big, thick legs and strong hips yeah, I mean, that's why i was a good hockey player yeah you couldn't move me off the puck and uh she tried she failed and then i said why don't you just whack me with the pillow and she did and, and some aggression came out and she was like you're mean to me yeah which is true some sometimes i'm not always mean to her but and then she felt better and then i took her down and she liked it <laughs> why do women like that they like to be dominated. Well, they, they like to feel their men's strength. I mean, I don't think that they, you know, there's a, they, they like to feel the edge. Edge of what? The edge of, you know, it's like, the, like, you know where you can go right up to the edge of really actually hurting. Don't they like to be taken? Um, is there, I mean, is there any woman that doesn't have a rape fantasy? I'm sure that there are. Are there? Yeah. I mean, what kind what what are we talking about here? Well, it's like I mean, obviously it's to be taken, to be dominated, to be forced in a way. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what your, you know, your your history is, I think. Well, obviously, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's not uncommon, let's say that. That's true. It's, mm-hmm. it's not uncommon. Rape fantasies are not uncommon. There's a lot of different fantasies out there. Like what? What's your fantasies? Well, I'm not going to talk about my fantasies today, but I just say that, you know, we've done some fantasy work in our workshops. You and I, I don't think we have, but me and Jana have. Jana's into sex. She's amazing at fantasy work. What, what is, what do sexual fantasies reveal? Have we not talked about this? Maybe. Let's talk about it again. What do sexual um, fantasies reveal? Why they, do you work with sexual fantasies? Because they reveal, one of the things is that they reveal underneath what your underlying need actually is. Mm. That we, you know, tend to sexualize our need. And it doesn't really matter. I mean, there are people who have very elaborate fantasies, but ultimately it comes down to, you know, I need somebody to attune to me. I need I need someone to, I I, I need to be... Uh, I need to feel like somebody has my, like, like you said, like somebody can hold me here. Mm. Um, I mean, there's, there's lots of places that people can go, but, um, what are the most common sexual fantasies? 
I mean, we've named one. Well, one of them that I'm always, it's like, you know, there are a lot of people who fantasize about really disgusting things, you know? It's like like they're in dirty places with dirty men or women. It's like, it's just a lot of like dirt and disgust. And yeah, that, that, that part of it is super interesting to me. What is that? Uh, I don't know. I think we should get Jana on this podcast. Or Jana will be the expert on this? Yeah, we'll talk about it with her. Are you uncomfortable talking about this? I just, yeah, I feel like that, that's not, <laughs> I mean, where I'm going today. Where are you going? I'm, I, I want to, I'm going to tell what happened. I want to share what happened. What happened? In Mexico City. In Mexico City. What happened? You went to Mexico City for a week. I went to Mexico City for a week, but first of all, I just want to ask before, and this is, I think, something that I do, but I just want to ask how you are. How am I? Yeah. I don't know. I'm agitated. I feel out of, con- feels, things feel out of control for me. In what way? I guess forgetting the recorder. <laughs> I mean, I was building a new system, and I guess I brought the recorder home to remind myself of the new system. But I brought my computer. I brought everything for the, that. Then I forgot the recorder. I never brought bring the recorder home, so uh, it's fine. Now I'll ha- I have my system down, so I won't I won't forget next time. But I guess there's a feeling of things being out of control. There's a lot going on, and things are out of control. And I'm trying to put them put, bring some order to it and it's hard mm. i'm exp- there's there's you know i have a relationship a new relationship diana's basically moved in now mm. i have this fortify your soul thing coming up which is a bit it's a it's going to be a, a big thing for me in, in terms of what i want to do with it and how i want to approach it it's going to require a lot of work and it's going to be very personal uh for me and in terms of what I'm teaching and what I want to say and all the work that we are doing together with the deep feeling workshops and just change, just the changes in my practice and the changes in, in the focus and how I'm thinking about things and everything that's going on in the world. And I guess the election coming up on Tuesday, not that I'm particularly obsessed with the election or the politics, but I think it's, it's in the air. I think there's some chaos in the air and I think that's all having an impact on me. Mm. So I feel, yeah, things feel out of control. And then when things feel out of control, I guess I get agitated. Maybe I get scared. Mm. Do you need anything right now? No, I really don't need anything. I mean, I'm fine. I appreciate you asking. Mm-hmm. I mean, what could I need? What? I mean, just to say it, just to name it, to let it be okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I truly am. I'm, yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not spinning. There's no, there's no problem. It's just, I got a lot of work to do and things have to change and my systems have to change. And, and there's more I want to say, I think. There's more things to say. More more risk to take. Right. I think we have to. I think it's the only way. And yeah. I think all the things that I've been talking about are coming true. Which is the change is here. 
It's happening. And the old systems are being exposed. And there's a lot of fear and anxiety about the change. And when there's fear and anxiety, that's when the evil shows up. That's when people want to hold on. That's when people rationalize. That's when people do whatever they have to do to maintain, to to hold on to what feels safe to them. Mm. And so you see a lot of that out there. And now that it looks like the Republicans are going to win this election, take the uh, take Congress and possibly the Senate, yeah, you see the rhetoric heating up. And it's hard for me not to take that personally. What does that mean? It means it's scary when you have half the country, including a lot of the news media, and calling people like me white supremacists and racists and insane and if republicans are elected it's the end of democracy and i know it's all a game i know it's just lawyers lobbying but it's dark Mm. it's really fucking dark and it's scary i've talked about this before Mm -hmm. but it's and, and i'm getting stronger and stronger around it so I'm less afraid, and I realize that the I can't get pulled into the madness of it, and I'm not. I'm not on Twitter all the time. I'm not freaking out. I'm, I really don't have a lot of anxiety around it. I mean, maybe more leading up to this election, just because, like I said, it's in the field. But uh, no, I think you have to be on the attack. I think there is a spiritual war and we have to be engaged in the warfare diligently and forcefully. And I think it's a passive thing right now. I think these people are demonic and they need to be called out. We need to stand up to them. I mean, the fact that Elon Musk bought Twitter, that's also a huge factor, huge change. The tide is turning. Trump is going to announce his candidacy in the next couple of weeks. But we're going into another two years, four years, who knows how long of fucking total madness. Mm. And people don't care. The government doesn't care about us. Inflation through the roof. Taxes are coming up. It's like, I don't want to fucking pay my taxes. Pay my taxes? You're going to send them to Ukraine? For what? Fuck that. It's also being taxed through inflation. You printed all this money. I didn't get any of it. But I'm paying for it through inflation. Now you're asking for taxes? Fuck you. It's a scam. It's a criminal cartel. The vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. Nobody's talking about that. They lied. So I don't like it. Hmm. But I'm the prize, baby. I got my eye on the prize. What's what's the prize? Focus on my work. Focus on building stability. Focus on my relationships. All of them. Keep positive. Keep growing. Keep working out. Keep walking. Keep having fun. Keep making money. Keep helping people to do the same. You got to heal your trauma because that's where the uh, manipulation can get in. 
you're more vulnerable to the propaganda and to the manipulation in the places that you have unresolved trauma. And they're playing off that. So that's why I'm doing Fortify Your Soul. It's the whole mission that we have to be extremely diligent. I mean, I'm doing it for me as much as anybody. What's what you said that you're taking risks or you're you're doing something different in this? Well, I'm just going to be more forthcoming about what I think is actually going on in the world without turning it into politics, but just just what I said that we're in a state of, of massive change. And when those changes are occurring, the old, uh, the old system, the old ways, and the people who are connected to them and are benefiting from them are going to do everything they can to retain power. And they're going to see the change and the agents of change and the people who are trying to facilitate, facilitate that change as evil. And to their consciousness, to their ego, those people are evil mm-hmm. because they are a threat to them. But this is just evolution occurring. But in that place where they feel threatened and they're fearful, they can rationalize anything. Anything. And we've seen that throughout history. So how do you deal with that? Hmm. You have to make yourself as strong as possible. You have to build community. You have to know what's happening. And you have to focus on what you can control. And you have to do whatever you can to get outside their system of control. Predominantly getting outside the the media. Like you can't you can't buy into their media narrative. You can I mean it's just it's constant. Right? They're bombarding you with information. Propaganda. And uh, we're all susceptible to it. I mean, we, we our minds can be hacked. Mm-hmm. We're hackable. And they have the perfect mechanism in which to hack. Which is Google, Facebook, Twitter. You turn on that phone. You go online. You're watching, scrolling passively. You are in a hypnotic state. Mm-hmm. They can hypnotize you. And there, you can't, none of us can escape it. So you have to be extremely diligent about what you're consuming. And you have to be aware that everybody is vying for your attention and for, uh, control of your consciousness of your mind they're trying to influence what you believe even us yeah even us but we're we're the good guys you can trust us well it was so interesting because on the plane back from mexico city i was sitting behind this guy and he was scrolling his instagram and, you know, I've never really watched somebody do that. It just, you know, it was in my eye line. So right. um, he's scrolling. And I just, it was it was so weird to see somebody scrolling like that. It's disturbing. That they were, it was like, you know, it's like when you're flipping channels. Yeah, it's the same thing. And it made me aware of 
kind of what you're saying, just that, you know, wow, we're taking in so much stuff. It's just, it's just mindless, you know, but like, he doesn't know what he's taking in. You know, I don't know what I'm taking in as I'm scrolling through. And it's, yeah, people are vying for your attention and they want you to pay attention to them and what they're saying. And you said this a long time ago, but it's like, you know, and I'm a lot of people have been saying it, but it's who controls the narrative. Yeah. Who has the strongest story, mm-hmm. you know? That's who wins. That's how we evolve. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some truth to that. That's what you said. I haven't read the book yet, Sapiens, but that's what you were saying. The whole yeah. premise of that book yeah. is. And so to be mindful of who you are taking in, like which story you're following. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just question everything. Okay. Well, I would like to tell my story now. <laughs> That's you, you need to tease it with something. We need a teaser. Um, Ferd died. Ferd died. That's a good teaser. I saw my dead husband. What? Um, I saw. There's so many different ways to tell a story. Uh-huh. Do you know? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so aware of that. I've, I've told this story two or three times now. Right. And I don't. Somebody actually, you know, based on my, I think probably my Instagram story, my posts. You know, I have, I, kind of been teasing it a little bit. You know. Mm-hmm. Because I, I knew I was going to tell the story, but I didn't know. I, I figured that I would tell it on this podcast. And you, I haven't told you no. what happened. Um, and I actually had the idea of possibly just doing my own video or my own reel or something where I was just, you know, telling the story without, without any interruption. Mm-hmm. But I thought about it and I, I really thought about it this morning and I was thinking like, do I want to say it on this podcast and with you mm-hmm. and, um, I do. And, but for the reason one that I haven't told you yet, and I feel like it's, it's a really important experience that I had that I want to share with you. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason also is because on this podcast, like, we explore things, you know, and not just on the podcast, but you and I explore things together, like the reason behind things. And, and we go deeper into the meaning of things. And I feel like I really want that with you in, in this particular, this particular experience that I had. Um, but I just, I want to also just ask for some space just to like, really like go all the way through it before we go into it okay um so ferd and i uh we invited six of our friends to go to mexico city to celebrate dia de los muertos the day of the dead it's a festive celebration that they have around our halloween but they they celebrate the day of the dead the ancestors and when we went there, I think we went there in 2017 or 2018, I can't remember, but the, for the first time, um, it was such a beautiful experience. Like 
it was something that I felt like I hadn't really seen before, a kind of celebration of ancestors, you know, like they really put, they put the pictures out. It's like the movie Coco, you know, like they really do this thing where they put pictures on their altar and they, you know, bring, they, they, they put different flowers and, and fruit and all sorts of things. And, and when you go to the cemeteries, it's like a party, you know, people are, you know, at the graveyard, grave sites and, and they're celebrating mm-hmm. or they're, they're acknowledging, they're honoring. And I saw that in, in like the crowd in the, in the groups. And I saw that in, you know, we know, we know a couple that lives there. Um, and we saw it very personally up close and it was so beautiful. And we, so we went back the next year and, um, and we really, we really wanted to bring our friends there to experience this thing. And so, you know, it's after the pandemic, we hadn't been there, you know, for a few years. And, um, so we all met up last, uh, last Wednesday. Um, so, and, you know, excited to see them too, because it's, you know, they're, they're all in LA and we just moved from there and it was just, you know, it's just good to be with our friends. These are close friends. And so, um, we got there on Wednesday night and right before everybody had gotten there, Ferd was, I, I was, I, we were, Ferd was getting money exchanged and I was, you know, just kind of on my own walking the streets and I decided to call Jana and we're having a conversation and she's doing some teaching in Montreal. And so she's sharing about her experience. And I suddenly had this experience while I'm walking on the street, the streets of, you know, La Condesa in Mexico city. And I, and I feel this, I just didn't, I, I, I interrupt her and I just say, I just want to share something with you right now. Like I am so in myself right now, like a kind of like connection to myself that was, it's so rare, you know, and I just could feel like, I remember my therapist saying when we first started working together, like a few years ago, he said, you know, Angela, there's a place where you're just on top of yourself. You're just playing yourself a little bit, Mm. you know, like, like that there's a way in which I wasn't totally connected to myself. Mm -hmm. And when he said it, I was like, fuck you, but also thank you. You know, you like that, that he could see that I, that's exactly what my, my defense was, you know, it's just like a little bit, not quite all there. I think the audience feels it. Yeah. I'm sure that they do. And, and so I could feel myself in myself in that moment. I said it, you know, and I was like, wow, this, it felt so good. And it felt uh, like there was just kind of an acceptance just as I was with everything that I have, like all of my little whatever fears, quirks, you know, I just, just like, you know, walking in this city. You accepted yourself fully? Yeah. It just, How dare you? <laughs> that moment, it felt How so good. How even dare you? So then I said to her, I was like, I like, it, cause I could just feel like how much I wanted to keep this feeling. And I was like, okay, you know, people are coming and my thing probably specifically with this group of people is that, you know, I have to be aware of the place that's going to take care of people, you know, you take care of people. Yeah. Like, and you know, like what do they want? What's going to make them happy? I mean, this is, this is my whole thing, you know, right. with my mom and, and so, 
I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. Like I'm, I'm like, I am committed to not doing that. You're going to be a selfish bitch. Totally. And so then people started coming and I lost it. <laughs> I was like down the tubes, like lost almost immediately. Start like take a, care of people. Yeah, soon, like it was just like, Oh, this person's not happy. And that person's not happy. And like, just like, just, just, I just felt the, it, it was my, my compulsion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I almost was so kind of like what you were saying this morning. I was so pissed at myself, you know? It's interesting. It was like, God damn it. You Can know? I interrupt for one second? All right, go ahead. Well, because I stopped doing that with Diana, it's completely changed the relationship. Well, I thought about you. Yeah, I was taking care of her. I was worried about her all the time. Is she okay? Is she happy? And I gave it up, and you we're both way betraying happier. Yourself. Yeah, I stopped yeah. betraying myself. I just—it's not that I'm not, you know, I'm not aware of her, and but there was a there was a kind of neurotic quality to it that I've given up, and just it's so much more relaxed. Well, this was, and and you, but you had an experience after um, Sundance mm-hmm. where you did betray yourself, and it was a big one. It was a big one, and probably the biggest one that you at least maybe not the biggest one, but the one that you felt the most, right? Like in terms of your betrayal. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. I think this one was for me. Right. And so, but I went down. down. And so by the- What do you mean you went down? Were you you aware of it? Were you angry? Were you agitated? Told all of it. I I mean, I- Was it coming out? Were you saying things to people? It was coming out, you know, at one point I said- I assume? Uh, not really. Mm. No. Took it out on some of your other friends? I didn't. It wasn't taking out. I mm. was in it. So I was like, you know, what What do you want? Mm. What What would? What will make you happy? Right. I did say to one of my friends, if you're not happy, you're going to make all of us miserable. So come on, just come out with it. You know? Right. Like, so, uh, you know, it was, it was, I was just in it. I was partially aware that I was in it, but I was also just kind of like, this is just what it is, you know? So by the second night, we're, this is Thursday night now, I am in misery. It's like, it's horrible. Like, I'm just feeling so bad. And like, I'm not doing anything that I want to do. I don't even know what I want. I'm like, just, and everyone else seems to not also be happy. Everybody's got their little things. And I don't know what the truth is. That, that, that's just my projection of what I think is happening. Mm-hmm. So we're in the lounge of our hotel and there's like free beer and free wine they're mm-hmm. serving. So a few of us are sitting down there and it's me and Ferd and our, our two other friends. And then Jana calls, like her, her picture comes up on my phone. And usually like when I'm with friends like that, I don't, I don't, I just don't randomly take calls. But when I saw her face, I was like, I need to take this call now. Mm-hmm. So I pick up the phone and I leave uh, the lounge and I was like, like, you know, we just had this conversation the day before where I was totally in myself. And so now I'm like exactly the opposite. And so I was like, Jana, you got to help me. And she was like, okay. And I said, I, I, I don't I have no connection to myself right now. I don't know like where I'm at. I don't know what I want. She was like, all right, all right, you know. And she was like, okay, can you can you just take yourself out of like can you go outside? So I went outside. 
And, uh, but I'm still like, you know, energetically connected to them. I'm feeling like, I can't go, I can't be away for too long. They're going to be wondering like why I left. And you know, it's all these thoughts are mm-hmm. going on in my head. Good and girl. So then, yeah. Be a good girl. Exactly. So then she's trying to, she's saying some things. And then I was like, all right, all right, let me just, let me just get clear on what I want. And I've been doing this thing where I'm really starting to ask my ego what it wants. Mm. Like, what does my ego want? What does my spirit want? Mm. What does my heart want? So then I just said, okay, what does my ego want? And the day before, um, one of our friends was, you know, she, she smokes marijuana pretty regularly. And it's not legal in Mexico City, in Mexico yet. But there are places where there are groups, gatherings of people who are just smoking it outside. And they're trying to legalize it. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking to her about it. And when and Ferd looked looked it up, he found a store that was like, oh, there, there's a store here. They're, sell, they're selling something. And she, she was like, oh, maybe we'll go there. And so when I said, when I said like, when I asked myself, like, what does my ego want? I was like, oh, my, my ego wants to go to that store and get, like, I want to get something, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just could feel like if I... If I get high, I'll be able to connect to myself. I'll be able to connect to what I want, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I immediately felt like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And then Jana, she she was like, okay. Yeah, she was like, okay, good. You do you do feel better? I was like, yeah. But she could feel, and I, I could feel that she could feel that I wasn't done yet. I wasn't like fully connected to myself. But I was concerned about the group. So I was like, okay, I got to go, you know? Like, I, I'm good. I'll, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got this. So I get off the phone. I go back to the group. And my friend says something that makes me respond to him. And I say, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to. And he was like, oh, good for you. What do you want to do? And I was like, I'm going to that pot store. <laughs> and, uh, and so Ferd was like, oh, where, you know, do you know where it is? I was like, I don't know. I think it's around the corner. I looked it up and I was like, it was literally like around the corner. Mm-hmm. So he was, my friend's like, okay, let's go. So we go and we walk into the store and it's a lovely little store. It's just like, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty. There was a guy behind it. It was very bright. And, and immediately he's like, how can I help you? And we're like, well, what do you got? And he was like, well, there's a, he, like, there's a whole thing of like CBD. Um, uh, it was like mostly CBD products that they had. Right. And, and my friend was like, well, what's going to get us high? And he was like, well, there's this one cabinet of not THC because THC is not legal. Right. But there, there are these products that are um, made with, <clears throat> delta 8 and delta 10 which i so in texas <laughs> delta it, 8 yeah. delta 10 so in texas what the fuck is that it's also marijuana is also not legal yeah so when ferd's mom was visiting us a couple weeks ago we went to this, ferd's mom yeah she's stoner no no but we were visiting this little town outside of austin and there was like a a, a a, a marijuana store and we walked in and the woman we were it's a cbd her, store it's not a marijuana store but she said she we were like you know what what's the deal here and she was like well you can't 
it was sort of the same. You can't um, sell THC here, but there's something called Delta 9, and it will get you high. So it was like, oh, that's interesting. But I didn't really ask anything beyond that. So when he said Delta 8, Delta 10, I'd heard, I remember the Delta 9. I was like, oh, it must be something similar. That there's some loophole that they can yeah, yeah. get no, through. I know they sell CBD gummies. I've had them here that are very mild. It's CBD mixed with whatever, and it get yeah, it's, you get a little high. I mean, you can take a bunch and get really high, but well, that's what he said. Diana He's, takes them when she's on her moon sometimes. Well, he said that they were half the strength of what probably um, the U.S. sells, you right? Know, like the places that are legal, like that they that if you were to take one of these gummies, which is twenty five milligrams, the the actual like it's it's probably more like twelve milligrams is what right. you feel. So. So, you know, we were like, all right, you know, we buy a jar. Mm-hmm. Of a jar? These, uh, yeah, a jar of these gummies, which costs like $100. $100? You know? Not 100 pesos, $100, mm. you know? So it was like, all right, so we buy them, and then we bring them back. You know, our friends are still sitting in the lounge. And Ferd, like, you know, he's, there's, a, there's another uh, person that's, that they're talking with and he's offering them these gummies and there nobody wants to take these gummies and including me like I had just I don't know I'd just done the thing that I wanted to do I didn't I was like okay I'm not sure I really want to take one right now because I was there was something I felt a li- little hesitant about it was like what are these I don't know yeah you know but Ferd takes one and he pops it in his mouth and was like, whoa, Ferd, hold on. What? And he was like, well, you said they're half the strength. I mean, you know, it's like, like he's, he's not, he doesn't do it a lot. But right. when he does like 10 milligrams, kind of nothing for him. Like he doesn't, it doesn't really affect him that much. He, it's usually something like 15 or 20, you know, that, you know, his, his body is like, it's kind of like ayahuasca, you know, those guys who drink so much you right. know and it like still doesn't affect them right that's kind of like what Ferd's like hmm. you know so but he'd already had a couple glasses of wine and so it was like all right you know we'll see what happens and then um my my other friend asks me if i'm gonna take some and i was like uh i don't know i'm maybe i'll, I'll wait till tomorrow and she's like oh okay well then i won't take any either and I was like, oh, were you going to? And she's like, yeah, I would take some. So I was like, all right, well, let's take a little bit. So we each took like a quarter, you know, and and then that was it. So then we went to the, we we all went to the restaurant that we were going to. And we're sitting at the restaurant and, you know, for like everybody orders drinks. It's like a place that's like known for its mezcal. So, um, so Ferd, you know, he's had a, few drinks now and he's had this this thing um i i i order a shot of mezcal but i'm just drinking just a little bit of it um and we're having fun at this point now i feel like okay everybody's good we're settled in you know like i don't have to take care of anyone like like it's all good everybody's laughing you know the waiters are are great they're they're having fun with us and it's just a it's just a good time right and we're you know we're the only we were the only ones at in this one room but then another group of people uh another table comes and it's like maybe a group of 10 people 
at this other table behind us. And it's a small, it's kind of a smallish restaurant. So it, it feels packed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's another room. It's kind of smoky. It's a little, you know, it's a little warm, you know, in the, in the restaurant. Um, and so at some point, like in the middle of the meal, Ferd, and I don't, I didn't hear this part, but, um, but this is what our friend said Ferd was saying, right? Like right before what happened, happened. Um, he said, wow, this high feels different. It's like the sun is like bursting in my head. Like it felt like the sun was in his head, like taking over. It was, and it was so bright that he said, it feels like my mind, like the sun was pushing out all thoughts Hmm. and that my mind is getting obliterated. Mm. And the moment he said obliterated, he like fell onto Jenny. My, our friend Jenny was sitting next to him to his left. I was sitting to his right and he fell to his left. And, um, I didn't see any of this. I didn't hear any of that. I was like talking to my other friends and then my our our friend who was sitting across from us, she yells out, Ferd, what's going on with Ferd? And I look over and I was like, oh, and Jenny thought he was playing around. Right. And so she like kind of, you know, nudges him off of her and he falls forward. And and then I was like, Ferd. Like passed out. Like passed out. But then I pull him up. And his eyes are still open. And I don't know how to describe this. I mean, you've not ever seen this. Like all of us said, like none of us have ever seen this before. It was like not on TV, not in the movies. Like you, it's, it was like his eyes were open, but his, it wasn't like when I've seen people who've passed out and I've seen people whose eyes are still open and kind of passed out. It's not that. Hmm. There was nothing in his eyes. There, his eyes were dead. And so I, 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 I mean, I did, like, it took me a little while to, like, register what was happening, but people were screaming his name, Ferd, Ferd, Ferd. And so then I, like, I'm grabbing him, but, like, behind his back or around his, to his other arm, and I'm just squeezing him hard. And then I start beating on his chest, like wow. beating so that he will start breathing. He's not there breathing? Was, there's nothing going on in his body. It's like his entire, whatever the thing is that animates your body, what, if you call, it, you call it your spirit, your soul, whatever that, that thing is, was not there. It was gone, like completely gone. And so I just beat his chest until I could feel something. But the thing that kept going on in my head was he's so hard. It was so hard. And it wasn't like he was passed out. Like when somebody's passed out, they're like leaning on you or, you know, his body was rigid. It was like, there was, Mm. it was like dead. Dead. And it went on for so long. And, you know, all of my our friends saw it. So I'm so grateful that they were there because they witnessed this right. thing that I was, you know, that we were all having an experience. And it went on, like my friend said, it was like, at some point, it was too long, you know? 
And in that moment is when I was like, oh my God, like my husband is dead. It's gone, you know? And I just kept screaming at his name and pounding his chest to make him come back because I felt like if I could scream hard, loud enough and hit hard enough, he would come back. And so, but I imagined in that moment, I felt everyone around me, everybody was standing up, you know, it was like everybody was screaming, like, and I just could see like in that moment, like my life without Ferd, you know, and it was like, it was a completely different life. Like I was going to, I was, I was about to enter into another realm, you know, like, and I'd never, you know, I'm not the kind of person who just like is constantly imagining what would, what would it be like if Ferd was dead? I'm not that person, you know? So it really hit me like in that moment, so hard, like, and then, do you know, screaming, hitting, all of a sudden, his eyes open. Like, just like that. He just open. He doesn't take a deep breath, nothing. It's as if, like, nothing happened. And he just came back. He just came back, like... Like he opened his eyes. <laughs> he just opened his eyes. And I mean, like he looked around. He didn't, he wasn't turning his head or, you know, it just, he just kind of opened his eyes and he looked around like, you know, cause everybody's up and mm-hmm. you're all looking at him. And mm-hmm. it's like, what's happening? You know, like, and somebody said, Ferd, you, you passed out. And he was like, no, I didn't. And I said, yeah, Ferd, you, you, you were gone, you know? And he was like, no, no, I wasn't. I was like, no, no, you were, you were. And so then he was like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm totally clear. I'm totally like, I'm here. And he was Dave, like he was completely clear, sober, like what it, the, the, drunk, high, mm-hmm. furred, whatever that was, you know? I mean, I wrote down all the things that could have, you know, it could have been like, he was, he was high, he was drunk, he, th- there was altitude, there was, it was hot in the room, there was, it was smoky, it was, you know, he, he's got a pre-diabetic blood level, you know? So he had, he had drank some, he drank four coffees that day, he had like had a little bit of co- like Coca-Cola, you know, mm-hmm. like, and he'd eaten some sweets. Like I was like, it could have been so many right. different things in his body. He, we'd walk seven miles. Like, like he didn't drink that much water. Like it could have been low pl- blood pressure. It could have been so many things. We don't know, right. you know, but nothing can, I can't, I can't explain in my mind in any way how he came back the way that he came back. Hmm. Like the clarity that he had, like so in his body, so present. He wasn't high anymore? No, not high at all. What was this? Delta what? Delta eight, Delta 10. I don't know, whatever it was. Hmm. 
so that not like he he was completely clear and then somebody said we've called an ambulance you know they're coming wow and Ford was like no i don't want that and i was like for you know you were really gone and he was like i'm fine now i don't want that i don't want to be in a mexican hospital yeah and i was like you know it was in a hospital <laughs> given everything that oh had God. happened i think that's that, racist but I'm, i don't know well maybe i'm just kidding I'm but kidding. I, I don't want to be in a mexican i don't want to be in any hospital yeah he just didn't want that right so then he he said so then i i was like because of the state that he was in which you know i i was for sure he was dead you know like he he had died and then he came back. Mm-hmm. The 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 state that he was in in that moment, I trusted so completely. What do you mean? Like when he came back? Yeah, I trusted his body to know exactly what he needed. Right. So I was like, "All right, no hospital, no ambulance." And so I, you know, luckily our friend Jenny was there and she knew how to speak Spanish. She's telling she's 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 telling them no, but the but the ambulance is already on their way. Right. So then for, um, Jenny was like, all right, let's, let's at least get you outside. And Ferd was, at this point, his body was sweating, you know? So I was like, all right, you know, because Ferd wanted to stay. He was like, no, let's just finish our dinner. Like he just, you know, like he's like, he didn't, he didn't understand what had just How happened. How long was he out for? We don't know. I mean, some people say it was 15 seconds. Some people say it was 30 seconds. Some people say it was a minute. I don't know. It right. felt like forever. Right. It was probably something like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And like you know like you're not dead in that moment but if you saw him i understand yeah like it was like he was gone and so so we so i was i was like for maybe it would be a good idea if we go outside he was like all right i'll go outside so we go outside and i also want to say there was a woman there sitting at the other table that when right after this had happened and it for opened his eyes like people were around him and they were talking to him this woman comes over to me and she just puts her arms around me you know I'm sitting down and she puts her arms around me and it was it was exactly the thing to do in that moment she 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 felt me you know just some random woman just some random woman and so then um she didn't know how to speak English but she you know she she just I just felt her present she was strong beautiful woman and so then, then we, then like four of us walk outside and, um, my friend like holds me and he, like he, he hold he, he just, you know, grabs me and he, he holds me and my body just shakes like an animal, you know, like all, all the trauma, you know, it's like the release that, that just happens. And so, you know, I'm, I'm shaking and crying and then we hear the ambulance come and I, I, like I take Ferd and we walk down the street and around the corner so that they don't see us. And while they're all talking to the ambulance and telling them everything that's happened, um, I'm having a conversation with Ferd and, you know, he tells me what he remembers, the last thing, what he said about the, the son in his mind, you know, and, and then suddenly, you know, he remembers saying that, that, you know, my mind's get like my mind's getting obliterated. And as he's, as he's saying all of this and he's telling me this, I can see like, I don't know, it was something, it felt very like, oh, 
he, there was too much in his mind and his body. And it was like, like he was, he couldn't, he, he can't live there anymore. He can't live just from his mind. He has to be connected in a different way. And what he said was that when he came back, he felt like he had been in a dark room, like it was completely dark, but he said I was, it was the most relaxed that he'd ever been. It was like a d- deep sleep, like a, a, a relaxing sleep while some, something else was working on his body. And, and when he came back, he felt like he was like, it was almost like I got rebooted. My system got rebooted. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, I'd heard other people. I've, you know, read a lot about near death experiences and I've heard people use that term reboot, like my Mm -hmm. system got rebooted. And so I thought that was interesting. So then I asked him, I was like, Ferd, do you want to be here? And at first he was like, yeah, you, you mean in this restaurant? And I was like, no, not at this restaurant. Do you want to be here? Do you want to be in your body in this lifetime? Do you want to be here? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. And I was like, why? And he said, oh, I don't, I don't want to leave you with a mess to take care of. And I was like, oh, God. like it, it, I, I just felt, I don't know, it felt so, I was like, I don't want him to be here for me. So then I just asked him again. I was like, no, for, do you want to be here? Like, do you want to be here mm-hmm. for you? And then he said, yes, I do. And I said, why? And he said, because I'm having fun. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. You want to be here for you? And he was like, yeah, I do. I was like, okay. Because I... You know, I, I'd said, I was like, I don't want you to be here. You don't have to be here just for me. He was like, I'm not. Like, okay. Well, is, there's an assumption in the question that you, there's some belief that you have that he doesn't want to be here and that this incident is a reflection of that? Is that? I guess there is some place in me that really believes that we are, cho- we have a choice. I mean, that's, I, mean, I think that I believe that. Mm-hmm. That we're we get to choose whether or not we want to be here or not. Some people choose consciously to not be here. They take themselves out, you know, and some people choose it unconsciously. Right. And so I think I thought in that moment, maybe Ferd doesn't really want to be here. Right. Maybe this is too much, you know, kind of like what you were saying at the beginning. It's a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. what's happening. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I also, I didn't say this part. I I don't know why, like, well, I know why, but I will say that the first thing when Ferd, when I, when I saw that Ferd died, like in that moment, my first thought wasn't it's because he was high or because he took this Delta eight thing, you know, or because of the different cocktails. My first thought was that it was the vaccine. Wow. I'm just, wow. and I will, I, I, I want to be very clear that that was just my thought. It, I'm not saying that's what it was. I'm not saying anything. I understand. But that was my, that was. What night was this? When was this? Thursday night. October 29th. Thursday. Hmm. 
I took a Delta 10 sucker and ate it on Wednesday night. Oh my God. Yeah. I went to the smoke shop over here. Yeah. Picked up some of these CBD gummies and Uh they didn't have the kind that I asked for. And there was another kind, but then he found the kind that I asked for. And then I said, I'll just take it both. Just little four packs. And I don't know, for whatever reason, he threw in this uh, lollipop sucker yellow and he said this is delta something i was like okay and uh, i didn't i didn't even think about it but i assumed i'm in texas <laughs> you know it's illegal so that's it's not going to be it's going to be like what i said these really mild cbd gummies that so i i ate it on the way home <laughs> and then diana i get home and we had had a little something happened that morning and um and so we were talking about it and it was all fine but 20 minutes into our conversation i was like uh i'm super high wow like crazy oh, high yeah. like disturbingly yeah, high it's exactly. not it wasn't good yeah whatever this delta is yeah. it's not good right and i did not like it and I didn't feel. What did you feel? Afraid. Afraid of. I couldn't feel my mind. I couldn't feel reality. It scared me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, of course, Diana asked me like, "Why did you? Why did you eat it?" And I think I was nervous about having the conversation. Did Did it scare her? No, she was fine. Oh. She didn't give a shit. She thought it was funny. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so that... So it's just interesting. I'd never heard of Delta until Wednesday. Well, that night, so we, we, we walked, we walked, we got an Uber home, mm-hmm. and and then um, we were all kind of sitting around, just, you know, kind of still stunned from what happened. I mean, for, you know, for him, it just, it happened to him, so what... He wasn't having the same experience we all were, right. you know. But um, you know, Jenny was just like, "Bird, you can't fall asleep yet. Like, to stay awake, you know." And so we, we were all just kind of trying <laughs> to stay have a awake, concussion. right? But it was it was scary, I you know, understand. like for him to go to sleep. Like mm-hmm. we just didn't know, you know. So anyway, at some point, he does go to sleep, mm-hmm. and I, I, Jenny and I were up for a while, and then. And then she goes to sleep and I'm awake. And then this is hours and hours later. It's like two in the morning at this mm-hmm. point, right? The gummy hits me. <laughs> and the quarter gummy? The qu- I, he I, took a full? No, I took, I took a quarter. And then later on, because I, I, was, I wasn't feeling anything, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll take another quarter. So right. I've taken a half. Right. But I, I was like thinking well it's it's half the thing so and and whatever like i'm not feeling anything but then when everyone goes to sleep i'm like oh shit and i too it was like a weird i mean i was kind of like i was so tired you know and i was like kind of in and out of sleep but at some point it was it was like this feeling like in my mind where i was like whoa and i i got a little scared as well you know but i was like i'm okay i'm okay um, and it was like waves, 
you know, so I would fall asleep and then I'd wake up and it was like, whoa, I'm still high. And then, then it would go away and I was still high in the morning. It was weird. It was very like, uh, and I, you know, I was like, all right, I'm not taking any more unregulated thing. doing Mexican any of that. gummies, <laughs> no. Texas gummies, Texas yeah, no, lollipops. No, no, nothing. I mean, Jesus. at this point, I'm not sure. What I don't is know. this Delta? Is it, is it an extract from cannabis? It's, that's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. And there are, you know, I think there are reports of people who lose consciousness. It's not good. It's, it's yeah. Whatever it is, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, you know, it made, it makes, it made me, I've been thinking about this in terms of like, in terms of what we do, you know, mm-hmm. um, like our experiments with psychedelics and all the things, mm-hmm. you know, and there is a, there is a purpose to regulation, which I do appreciate now, but also like, you know, I just think about the medicine men and women, you know, of, of your, and like how, you know, people just took these things, you know, try them out and see right. what happens and yeah. some people die you know yes um or go insane right exactly and so you know it's like like they, these things must be respected yes you know? and also i i think that delta these delta 8 and delta 10 all these things are there's a synthetic quality you know i was talking to Lindsay last night about it mm. like it was like right there's a synthetic and you can feel it it's different then yeah i've never felt uh with ayahuasca or mushrooms a any it never felt dangerous or bad for me right like it was it was in yeah. some way going to be harmful i never felt that yeah i always felt it was good for me whatever this is doing to me whatever it's doing to my mind is good yeah it's helpful it's yeah. healing yeah but i did not feel that with this delta situation the the only other time that I have felt something similar was when um, I was given, well, Ferd was given these gummies that were made in a lab. Like this was like, I don't mm-hmm. know, years ago. And they were experimenting with something. I was like, okay, here, you know, try these. Right. And we both tried them and it was the worst night of my life. I was like, but I, I, I remember it like remembering that was like, whatever these things that are made in labs, you know, like, you know, just, yeah, I tried LSD once and uh, no, I didn't LSD, like it. LSD is made in a lab. Uh, yeah. It's oh. synthetic. Acid. I never tried it. Yeah. I tried it with Miguel and we went and saw oh, Holy Mountain. Right. It was, it was a trip. Went on forever. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I've been processing it, and I just want to, like, I, you know, I, I had two, actually two therapy sessions since I've been back, and just processing the, the fear and the, like, the terror in my body, you know, just letting the screams come out, and that's what actually it was so interesting, the women who were in our group, when what they said, you know, everybody said something about his eyes, you know, like for seeing for its eyes. That was the most disturbing. But the other part of it that was disturbing that I wasn't aware of was my scream and the way that I screamed. And it was some, something about that affected the women, you know. And I knew that the way that I was expressing myself in that moment wasn't anything that I had ever mm. like experienced before. But when I was 
like working with my therapist around this, like this, I felt the scream in me, you know, that, that like it needed mm -hmm. to come out the kind of terror and just feeling all of that, that energy in my body, like letting, letting it all release, like really like the trauma release of it was, um, because I kept having like these, it was almost like PTSD, these flashbacks. And every time I would think of it, think of Ferd's eyes, like my body would shudder. And so once I was, once I was able to like really release all of that, like what I'm left with is kind of like this feeling like I have faced the scariest thing that, that, that I could have faced in, in my life. Like at this point, like seeing, seeing Ferd dead, mm -hmm. I didn't even realize would be the scariest thing, but it is. And that, you know, it, it's, it's not, I don't think it's coincidental that I happen to be, you know, studying Course in Miracles, you know, and that in, in it, it talks about the body not be, it's like the body is, you know, it's not, it's not the spirit, you know, the spirit is, is a separate thing. And that I saw that, like I witnessed that. Mm-hmm that this body, like when it's dead, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that whatever it is that animates the body, mm -hmm. it's separate. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's gone. I, like I, I, I believe that we're still, like the spirit lives on. Mm -hmm. Like I, it was like this, I, I feel this, I don't know. I guess I, like for me, like I, I really understand that. And there was some way in which I felt like maybe I don't have to be scared of death mm -hmm. in the way that I didn't even know I was. But even if Ferd dies, like even if he like his body goes, it's going to be okay. And he will still be around. What are you going to do with all his shoes? <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of, he's right. He's leaving with a big mess of sh those. It's a lot of shoes. Maybe this is the, the time that he has to get rid of some of these fucking shoes. Well, and we did talk I would leverage this experience to have him clean up some of his mess. I would use this if I was you. Well, and, you know, I want to know how he's, uh, where his all his Bitcoin is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I don't know. You don't like, know? No. I was like, okay, for, fuck? we got to figure this shit out of now, course. you know, of course, but yeah, and it's true. It's like that, that's, that's, it's a factor. It's like, what are we leaving here? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I also don't want to leave people with a mess No. to clean up, Right. you know, I mean, that is one. that's, that's something about my mom and dad. I think that's been, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're conscious of that. They don't want to leave my sister and I with a mess and they've been. You know, I think they're they're really mindful of that. And I appreciate that. But yeah, we've been talking about that. Um Yeah. So the takeaway is that the spirit lives on, you're less afraid of death now. Is that the you you saw something impacted you and it changed your relationship to death? Well, and also I think changed my relationship to life mm -hmm. what do you mean you know Ferd said this thing like he was like yeah I'm here to have fun I was like I'm not sure why 
I came back. I don't, I don't, he was like, maybe there's another purpose. He was like, I, I, I don't know what that purpose is. And he was like, maybe we should pray about it. It's like, like when Ferd says to pray, I'm always like, you know, shocked and mm-hmm. also just like, all right, let's pray. You know, so we've been praying every day. And what's, what's come of it? Um, if you want to share. A deeper sense of gratitude. For your life? For each other. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, for our life. Like, like what are, you know, more conscious awareness of the choices that we're making like what are we what are what are we doing here what are you doing what is my purpose you know like i don't i don't fully like whatever i thought it was i'm not sure if that's what it is you know Hmm. so i feel just more open to receiving that information of around your purpose yeah like what yeah Hmm. like what is your purpose are you connected to it are you committed I mean, you know, what I was aware of after all this happened, you know, was that in that conversation I had with Jana, I said what I, my ego wanted. It's like, okay, my ego want, I want to go to that pot store. I want to get, but I didn't ask what spirit wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was aware of that. And I was, and I thought about that later. I was like, that's probably why Jana was like, she, she hesitated. It was like, like uh, I wasn't finished yet. You know, I didn't, I was like, I got to get back now, you know, but I've been aware of that much more like, okay, I can ask what my ego wants, but I have to ask what my spirit wants. As what well. does your spirit want? My spirit takes into account. I mean, I don't, it's like, it's, it takes more into account, like what feels good for my body, what feels good f- for like it takes into account everything. The spirit, like my spirit can hold the ego. Ego doesn't want anything to do with spirit. Like it doesn't care. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. but spirit's like, all right, ego, you can come along. But it's like, there's also other, it's like, it takes in, it takes into account the whole, like, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I haven't asked enough to know, but I can feel there's something more uh, encompassing. Like it, it takes in everything. But what is it? What do you want? What does it want? Is the question. Not not how does it function or what is it doing? Is I mean, you may not know the answer. I'm just I'm just curious. What are you here for?
I mean, when you're asking me that question right now, I'm just like, you know, that experience where you are no longer doing something. Mm -hmm. You're just being being done. Yeah. It's like, like that, you know, like just you have rape fantasies with God doing you giving over. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, I guess it's, it must be different for men and women. Isn't purpose a masculine thing doing versus being mm. like i don't want to be i mean i get i, I want to be done by god too i mean i want to surrender to god that's the feminine in me and be guided but it's also i want to be like in the flow yeah or in the stream or it, which in the power of that which has a, it's very directional, almost yeah. like a uh, a laser beam that's going to uh, destroy, create, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Do things, and but it's not, it's it's not coming from. It's not forced. It's not like it's it's a it. There, I know that. There's a difference to that quality. You know what I'm talking about, Yeah, right? but I feel like you're avoiding the question. I'm not, because you're saying exactly... I'm asking you the, what your spirit wants, and you won't answer the question. It wants, so I'm going to no, assume that it, you're avoiding it. It's not, but it's... You're giving it, a vague answer. <laughs> wow! No, I don't think so! I don't fucking think so! God. Let me just finish audience what I'm is with, saying. Audience is like, with me right now. They're, they're, no, she's, what I'm... You're hedging. You're, you're hedging. No, you said the thing that I... I it's like... Like, yeah, I want to be what? in the what flow. What specifically? What specifically? Specifically. What are you here to do? I don't know. You don't know? You don't know? Do I don't believe know? that. Yes, I do know. What? Here to wake up the world. Here to share what I know. Here to be all of who I am. Here to express myself fully. Here to give everything that I have to give. To, to be fully realized. To leave it all on the field. To have as many experiences as possible and to share what I've learned to inspire others. To be free. But I don't know. Do you maybe know it's what different. that means? What does it mean? Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean? Well, it changes... From day to day, but it's just, you know. Yeah, it changes from day to day. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Well, I do know what you're saying. And they, they, these are all things that have been said. And maybe they, they, maybe they need to keep being said. But I don't actually... It, it changes from day to day. Okay, but, but... Okay, okay. I guess, you know, what I'm aware of is that this experience changed me. Mm-hmm.
How did it change you? I mean, you've said, but say more. Confronted your husband's death. You felt your terror. There's a place where you, I could go into, like, I, I feel like I could go into it right now. Like the, the observer self, mm-hmm. you know, there's a place in me that it's like, like I, I touched into something and I, I, it's like, I can feel the different parts of me mm-hmm. and all the parts have like what they want or what they're triggered by or what they're, you know, where they want to go, what mm-hmm. they want to do, mm-hmm. all, all these like, and it's like, I can. I can feel the observer part of me that's just like observing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm aware that I'm touching into that on a daily basis more than I ever have. Touching into into what? The observer self? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you had a client sitting in front of you and you asked them what they want and they hedged on it, what would you do? I don't feel like I'm hedging if that's what you're you're getting at. I feel like you're hedging. Well, what do you feel? I, I, I feel like there's there's maybe there's something that's scary for you to say. I don't feel about scared. what you want. I don't feel scared. Okay. I really don't. And I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like difficult in terms of like not saying what I want. I'm just asking. I'm just I'm just following my impulses. But it's yeah, it's 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 okay. I mean, maybe I'm missing something, I don't know. Or maybe I'm projecting. Well, no, it's it's not coming quickly. It's like, you know, I can get clear on what my ego wants really quickly. But what my spirit wants, it's, it's, it takes a little, I feel like I, I need to sit with it for a little bit mm-hmm. and I'm not sure, but the fact that I'm even asking at this point feels what your spirit wants. Yeah. Like new, like new and good and surprising. Well, what's been guiding you so far in your life? How'd you get here? Why are you doing what you're doing? I mean, it probably has been, you know, like part of my ego and part of my spirit, but not as a conscious. And I, I guess I want to be more conscious. In both of those places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe there is a way in which like my ego is scared of really be being conscious of that that spirit place, but I I don't feel scared right now. Well, I mean, would you know that you're scared? I just know I mean, from my experience that asking people what they want is the most vulnerable question that you can ask someone. Well, the last time you asked me, mm -hmm. I told you what I wanted, and I'm here in Austin with a house and a backyard and a fire pit. What, what, did, what did you say? I said I wanted a beautiful house in right. a place that right. really, like that right. Ferd and I really loved right. and with a big backyard and a fire well, pit. Well, now what? Well, because the reason I'm asking and I'm pressing is because this, this has a... Direct impact on you? Of course. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. So I want to know that you're clear. Oh. What are you doing? Oh. What are you doing? Are you connected to your mission? That's what I want to know. And what is it? It's fine if you're not. I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's not... I don't have any demand on you. I mean, I guess I do right now to get clarity, but I don't have any demand that it's anything in particular. No, I feel like I'm clearer than ever. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're in terms of what the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you clear about? I mean, I know for sure that I'm here to be in this role, like what we're doing right now. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to just share everything that I just shared mm -hmm. and that I know for a fact that it's helping some people. Right. We're getting, you know, feedback that is, is really, it's powerful. And it's, it's not just like their feedback is. What say, do you mean, from the podcast? Or yeah, the from workshops? the podcast, from the podcast and the workshops mm -hmm. and our work and, and mm -hmm. my work. Mm -hmm. Are you committed all the way? Are you all the way? Just a question. Yes. hundred percent. To our work? Yes. Yes. To your yes. work. To your your work and to yourself and to what you came here to give. Are you 100% committed? Yes, I'm 100% committed. You are? Yes. Okay. That's all I need to know. Mm. 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 Did, it, did, you, did you get scared? No. Oh. No. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Did you feel like maybe something like this could change me so much that I'm like, I'm moving away from. No, I felt like you were giving vague responses to questions I was asking. Oh, that's what I felt. Well, I wasn't saying you, I wasn't answering your question in terms of what my spirit wanted in terms of this work. Right. I I want to I'm I'm going to I'm going to hold to my experience which is there's something you're avoiding. I'm I'm going to stick with that. You can you can discount that as my own projection, but the I think it's very scary to let yourself know what what your spirit wants. I I have no, there, yes, I have no doubt about that. Right. So that's that, all I'm saying. Okay. There's something there's something that's not 
There's something else. Okay. That's all. This is what I this is what I asked for. What do you mean? This is the reason why I wanted to share this on this podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. You said you said you wanted to sort of dig underneath, yeah. right? So I, I I'm I'm just following what my instinct is. Okay. I'm just going to say everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't want for him to die. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want him to be here with me in this life for as long as possible. I know that. I want to experience as much beauty and joy and love and life as much as I possibly can. I want to have an experience of myself where I'm like as much as possible, like where I'm in myself, where I'm in that place where I'm so connected that so connected that I don't betray myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where I'm so identified with spirit, like that, that place in me, Like there's there's no shame. Yeah. And I want to help other people get there too. Yeah. And I want to do it with you and I want to do it with Jana and I want to do it with myself and with God, mm-hmm. Jesus, Holy Spirit. I want to, I want to, I want, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want to be guided by God. Mm-hmm. I want that. That feels that feels good. I want to have genuine experience of forgiveness of my mother, my father, my sister, my cousin. 
all these places where I'm holding, I want, I, I want that. I want, I want, I, I don't want to leave this life holding on to anything mm-hmm. in terms of resentment or anger, like just petty shit. I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to clean up all the messes wherever I've made messes. Even if it means humiliation, even if it means... Your humiliation? Yeah, my humiliation. What about somebody else's humiliation? What if you cleaning up a mess requires somebody else feeling their humiliation? Okay, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel like this. I want you. Yeah. I, <clears throat> what do I want to say? Um, Wait, I'm not done. <laughs> okay. I want. I want to have a really beautiful house, like a beautiful home. I want beautiful, I want beautiful things around me. I want to have so much money that I can, I can have all the things that I want, like what my ego wants in in terms of like very specific things. Mm -hmm. Things that maybe I have judged about myself. Like, I'm, I want those things. What do you think that would require of you? Clarity. Yeah. Like, at time, I have to get clear. Mm-hmm. To help. I need help. Like, I need, I need, I actually need people to help me with this stuff. Right. Um, you, and you definitely have to stop taking care of people. A hundred percent. Like, that's, 100%. that's. A hundred percent. It has to be fierce. This is, this is no, what I, I want to invite. Like, the, the, like, the, you have to be fierce. Like, that's my feeling right now. Everybody has to get fucking fierce. You got to get in touch with your fuck, your inner lion. And stop taking bullshit. It's everywhere and everybody is caught in this fucking matrix and they don't even fucking know it. And they're caught in their bullshit. All of our friends, all of our family, so many fucking people. And we have to be concise and clear and cutting with all of it. I, I want to say... It's almost like we can't trust anybody. I can't even trust my own fucking mind. But the vigilance it's going to take right now, all bets are off. Everything is off for no, there, me. It, Everything. There is, Everyone I know, it's all up for grabs. There is something that you can trust, though. There is a place. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't trust it, like on this trip or, you know, in certain places, like in my life. Like there's lots of... There, but there is a place inside of you that you can yeah, trust. No, it's exactly. I'm not. My, I'm not saying I shouldn't trust that. But I'm. Not, I'm saying don't trust my own thoughts. Right. Yeah. It's different. It's going down. There's a place, you know, that the, the one of the things that I became aware of because I did have a talk uh, with my friends about this place that was you know, t- trying to take care of them and trying to make them happy and all of that. And there was something that I didn't say that I wish that I had said. That I wish, I wish that I, and, and 
it's like, you know, and I, I'm, I'm not just saying this to these people, but I'm saying it just in general, you know, there's a place in people where if you haven't worked out the trauma in your body, like in, in your own fears, those places, you will project that out into the world and you will make other people responsible. And you don't, aren't doing it consciously, but that's the place where I get hooked. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And in that place, it's like, no, it's not my job. And I, I'm not going to take that on anymore. I'm not taking it on anymore. I'm, I, I don't, I, it was so, it, it was like what you experienced after Sundance. Like it was so miserable for me. Like I can't, I can't do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. And in that place, if I can really, if I really stay with that place, mm-hmm. then I can trust everyone. It, it has to be at all costs, as I said last time. That's where we are. It's at all costs for me. But I think if you want to get there, if you want the things that you said that you want, it yeah. has you have to be willing to commit at all costs. Yeah, at the cost of the relationship. At the cost of every fucking relationship. There's a lot of drowning people right now. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not in the business of saving them. I'll throw life preservers, but if they don't want to grab on, if they want to argue about it, talk about it, it's no. I'm going to help the people who are swimming towards me and who are moving in the same direction that I'm moving in. But I'm not, I'm done convincing people of anything. If people show up for our workshops, I'm going to do everything I can to help them. Mm-hmm. But I can't save everyone. And I'm not responsible for everyone. It's, I'm just done. And it's good. I can feel it with Diana. I gave it up with Diana and it's totally transformed the relationship. Mm-hmm. She's freer. I'm freer. It's better. It's right. There's less enmeshment. There's more self-responsibility. It's deeper intimacy, deeper connection. It's better. Mm-hmm. It's better all around. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's going to see or understand. People are going to judge, make you bad, wrong, whatever you change. The rules of the game. Change the contract that exists in the relationship. People are going to be upset. But it's life or death right now. That's how it feels to me. I mean, I'm 53 fucking years old. I'm not, I'm not, that's, it's it. It's over. I'm not betraying myself ever again for anyone or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm just not doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. I'm getting what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm going all the way, all in. And any place that I'm not getting what I want, I'm going to look at what the fuck is standing in the way and I'm going to be ruthless and relentless in clearing it out. Whatever it takes. That's God. It's not selfish. Setting an example. Everybody should do the same. Take care of yourself first. Mm -hmm. 
This is what's going on. This is the age of Aquarius. Apparently. The individual. Mm-hmm. Sovereignty. Self-responsibility. If everybody shows up in self-responsibility, we can all get along. Nobody has to betray themselves to stay in relationship. It doesn't work. You're enmeshed. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. People are trying to get free and those who are enmeshed are trying to pull them back into the matrix. Mm -hmm. And they'll do anything. Mm -hmm. They're Agent Smiths. They'll shoot you in the fucking forehead with a gun. They do not fucking care because they're in terror. And this is the fucking mission I'm on! I will not fucking be stopped. I will not be coerced. I will not be shamed. You're racist. You're a white supremacist. Go fuck yourself, you weak fucking bastard. I'm not playing your game anymore. It's over. That's how I feel. And I want to attract people who are attracted to that, who want that. Mm -hmm. Whether you get that all the way or not, if there's something inside you that that speaks to, where you want to get free, you want to get out of this nonsense, that's what's happening. This is what evolution is. This is where it's taking us. Mm -hmm. So get on board Mm -hmm. or you're not going to make it. Two things I'm most proud of. I realized this last week. Voting for Trump twice and not getting the vaccine. Mm. Both times I'm completely defying the matrix. Standing up for what I think is right. For what I want to do in the face of all of this societal pressure telling me I should do something else. Whether I was right or wrong is fucking irrelevant. Right or wrong is not the issue. The issue is I stood up for myself. I did what was right for me. And I held my ground in the face of criticism and judgment and shaming and coercion. And because of it, I'm stronger on the other side. I'm more sure of myself. That was what was right for me. I'm not saying that everybody out there should have done that. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck was right for you. But that's what was right for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm doubling down, tripling down on that. I'm going to say what I fucking see. Feels good. Yeah. Willing to die. I'm 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 down. I'm I'm ready to die. I am. I'm like I'm 53. I've I've crushed this life so far. I realized. I'm if I go down tomorrow, I'm like fuck, man. I left it all in the field. Mm. So I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. It's all gravy. 
So now I'm playing with the house money. That's how it feels. So I might as well just fucking go for it. Because I'm going to be dead soon enough. So fuck all that. I don't care. I don't care what people... Oh, man. The trap of caring what people think of you when it's all a projection. It's all a projection. Mm. Have I talked about human design on this podcast? I don't know, but you, you, you told me that my genius is going to be recognized in 2027. <laughs> I have to wait till 2027. I mean, the listeners of this podcast already recognize my genius. So um, human design, uh, it's a, a system. Um, but in, in that system, what they believe is that we're moving out of the cross of planning and community, and we're moving into the cross of the sleeping phoenix in 2027. And what that means is that we're moving out of a tribal, tribal uh, way of being, tribal collective way of being into the individual. And that, you know, in our charts, in yours and my chart, we have individual, that's, that's our main, main circuits are individual. I have one collective circuit, but you're purely individual. I think that's, that's what I remember uh, this woman who I've been getting readings from said. And so what you just said feels that it feels like that's where we're going. What we're trying to build you and I, we want to build a community, but it's a community of individuals, sovereign individuals who are connected to themselves. We're not taking care of you. (laughs) And, that that's where the collective is moving into. Right. And I think that there are people who see that. And then there are a lot of people who don't see that. That's it's still, we have to do what's good for the community, the collective, the tribe. And that at the expense of myself at the, at, I have to betray myself and what, what I feel is right for me. What's good for me. What's, what's, in order t- for for the collective, in order for the tribe to survive, right? And I think what you and I are practicing, what we're moving into in ourselves, but also what we want to uh, build is what what I believe we're moving into is a collective of individuals with individual gifts, like all the things that we. Um, how do I say this? It's like we we have our own self. We're we're unique beings with different there's they're different with differences. Mm-hmm. And how do we be those people and and be in connection from that place? Yeah. And that's what I'm figuring out that's yes, what i'm learning how to have do. an image that in order to stay connected to other people they have to betray themselves that's what they learned in childhood that's not true everybody can be all the way here and we can still stay connected that's the transition that's the evolution that you can be all of who you are you don't have to betray yourself you can speak your truth you can be all the way here and everybody collectively can be all the way here with themselves and we can all be connected. 
But you don't have to betray yourself. But what? But maybe not. You won't be in the same kind of connection with the people that you're in connection You'll with. You'll be now. in deeper, realer connection because you're not betraying yourself. Which might mean no contact. What do you mean, no contact? Meaning that just we have to risk the fear of that. But that's not that's not what it's going to be. If you come all the way out, you know this from the work. When somebody comes all the way out, no matter whatever it is, well, with their murderous I, rage, it brings you in connection. That's true, but there is a place where there are people who don't want to have connection with me in that place. And that's that's total No, that's fine. Yeah. 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 That's what you have to risk though. Yeah, of course, of course. And that's what's painful. And that both of pa- us Yes, of course, of course. Well, I don't think it should be minimized. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think that's the most painful thing that you and I have had to face and that, and that we, no, I'm, I'm, I don't, I, yeah, no, I, you're right. I'm on the other side of it. Yeah. You're, you fuck. are on the other side of it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I've I'm lost coming. so many people. I, I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's normal. Right. But that is, and, and now that you are on the other side of this, there are. Like, I understand. I understand the fear. I understand the terror that it's going to take for somebody to come all the way out and they, they risk. I'm going to lose the connection. If I'm all the way who I am, I'm going to lose the connection with my mother, with my girlfriend, with my boyfriend, with the world. I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be shamed. I'm going to be excluded. I mean, it's primitive. It's primal. We want to stay connected to the tribe. It makes sense, but we don't have to do that anymore. It's a new kind of tribe. That's what we're teaching. You can be all the way here. We see it in our workshops all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. All the fucking time. Just all you got to do is stay. Stay with yourself. Don't leave. Stay. And you'll you'll feel it. You'll find it. Just make that commitment. Don't fucking betray yourself. And if everybody gets in the room and doesn't betray themselves and says what they think and expresses what they feel... It actually creates unity because if nothing is being held back, if no energy, emotion, or feeling is being held back, then it's all flowing. And if we're all in a flow together, then it's all good. (laughs) How can it be bad? Then there's an intelligence in that flow. And the thing that you're longing for, which is this collective community, it's happening. It's coexisting with your individuality. It's the same thing. It's one thing. So I know it's, counterintuitive but it's actually you create connection and community and cohesion through not betraying yourself being all of who you are expressing yourself fully obviously it's not an easy thing to do and what's why you need facilitators to help you understand that but once you get it and you can hold yourself there that's it Mm -hmm. it's easy Mm -hmm. and everybody fucking gets it when I roll into different places where people are not trained in this way and I hold myself in this way, I can feel there's eventually there's some hostility towards me. He's not playing along. Mm-hmm. He's not playing the game. He should be doing this, what I'm doing. And eventually they get over that resentment and they start to move towards me. Mm-hmm. It just right. takes time. Yeah. And then they want to learn what I learned because they see I, I am actually contributing. But it's a choice. I'm not doing it out of an obligation. I'm doing it because I want to do it. I'm never fucking betraying myself. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? So that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to model. That's how we're trying to live. And it's good. 
It's good. I understand certain people from where they're sitting. It looks like selfishness. It looks like arrogance. Looks like greed. Looks wrong. It's not. It's good. It's closer to God. This is the spiritual war. Tihash. <laughs> the obsidian blade. The sword of truth, motherfuckers, coming for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.